Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 51, featuring a review of the radio station-themed horror film starring the horror icon who you don't really see too often anymore, Caroline Williams. It is January 26th, 2021, at the time of recording this episode. I am one half of your hosting duo, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania. My name is JP, and joining me tonight, as always in this, I guess it's not tonight, it's midday, uh, is Carly. Right. I am Carly. I am Carly. What is up, buddy? Um, well, what is up? Let's see. Hmm. Not a whole lot. I feel like we just recorded, but we really didn't. Nope, not at all. <laughs> it's just because I just posted the episode today. <laughs> yes. That we did. had in the bank for like a week. Right. Damn. Edit the pod. It's your fault. I said edit the pod a lot. Yeah, you but ignored. you tell me at it like when I'm at work and I'm like, I can't. Be respond well yeah then go home write it down or something be write like oh yeah I have to down what am i 80 <laughs> type it down then and then go home and edit the pod i should you- dude i'm not 80 i don't need to write reminder notes yes you clearly do dude like i would just remember it because it's important to me i'd be like oh yeah that special little pod i do with my no, buddy shut up you don't have any responsibilities so you wouldn't know this I would remember to do it, I just wouldn't feel like doing it. There's a difference. You see. But I would still do it, because I hate procrastinating. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't like, I don't love procrastinating either. Well, you do. You love doing it. Do I, though? Yes, you literally watched 50 movies one night to do summer series. Dude, that was horrible. (laughs) That was was... That was one of my low life lights. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not even serious. I'm not even joking, dude. That was like one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my entire life. You're dumb. It, it's true. Be- it, it's it's seriously because I didn't watch. Like, um, how do I say this? I didn't. I didn't watch like six of the ten movies or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I watched them all in one night and it wasn't even like a full day it was like i watched them all within what like like 10 p.m to the morning no it was like midnight it was like midnight until we recorded the next day yes (laughs) which was i think it was like an earlier recording too yeah yeah buddy well I'm just saying, you procrastinate, you procrastinate. Um, but yeah, other than that, I forget when we even did record last. It does feel like, for me, it feels like a long time ago. To you, it feels recent. But uh, I have gotten a new Jibbity job, and I'm scared. Yeah, I can see that. And, and. You shat on me because of my vacation time, so now I'm sad. Well, I mean, I, I, I just would be really bummed if it was me and I 
had like four weeks of vacation that I didn't use by the time I left that job. Right, well, a little word of advice, buddy. When somebody is happy, do not tell them that something sucks. It doesn't. Well, it does suck. It doesn't suck, actually, because I didn't even think about it. And I shall gain more time at this new job, but... So, I... My last day is February 5th at my current job. It has been a fun ride. Hopefully, I do well with the new one. We shall see. If not, I shall beg for the old one back. But we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it gets to it. Um, it's a lot more money, so I can buy myself more moves, and, and that is exciting. you can buy me stuff, too. Nobody. I shall not buy you anything. You, The only thing that you get is a free ride to be my friend for another year. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. I don't know, dude. I feel like I get things. No. Um, um, I feel like I get things. You've never gotten anything. But I also recorded an update vid the other day, and it was 55 minutes long. I saw that. You're yes. crazy. I pulled a moods. I didn't know I had that much stuff. I got a lot of stuff for Christmas, built up from you, Austin, my mom, Derek, and, uh, you know, Secret Santa, stuff like that. And then I also bought a crap ton of stuff because those some places were going out of business. And then I had a few Dollar Tree things I still had. And I also stopped in Dollar Tree yesterday, and there were a few movies at the Bell Vernon one. I picked up three uh but not as much as usual so that's uh that's what i've been up to pretty much what about you um yeah i don't know i've been i've been uh pretty standard not doing too much lately um i haven't even actually been watching too many movies this week because i knew that um it was going to be one of those things where we're about to do two franchise shows back to back on 22 shots. And I was like, well, I kind of want to, you know, um, take, take a little bit of a slower week beforehand. So I don't have to, uh, you know, I get a little bit of a break, basically. So, th this past week was probably my lowest watching week in, in quite some time. I think I only watched, like, three movies, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yesterday I actually didn't watch anything, and I think that might be the first day this whole year, month, whatever, that I haven't watched a single thing in the day. I was going to, but it was, like, 8 p.m., and I was tired, so I was like, I'm not even gonna... I know I'm not gonna finish it, so I just... Took a break last night, but you and I are going to the moves after we record this in order to have another move to review on episode 52, so that is that'll true. be fun. That is, yeah. that is very true. Yes. Which I'm looking forward to, but um, that's kind of, that's pretty much everything I think that I've done. Let me see, I don't even know how many things I've watched. I've watched a decent amount of stuff, honestly. In the past week or so. Mm -hmm. So. Do you know how many movies you've watched this year so far? Um, It's almost like one a day. I think I might be a little under that. Uh, I've watched 36. Oh, yeah? Yes. So, yes. If that is all, 
Would you like to get into what we have watched? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the... Oh, oh, I just wanted to say this really quickly. So, I know that this is his and hers, but I would like to let the people know... Oh, by the way, did anybody even comment to win Synchronic? Oh, I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah. I don't recall. Um, I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, because I don't look at the YouTube, so you'll have to tell me if anybody does. Okay. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, given away a copy of Synchronic that nobody wants apparently but if uh, <laughs> if um, if you're interested let us know wait did you announce that on the last episode yeah I think so oh well then it's not on YouTube yet why you just posted the episode today no 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 moron. Not, not last episode it was the episode before uh, okay. moron nope there are no comps well, buddy, either nobody listens to us or people are lazy. I mean, we don't get as many listeners on YouTube, like, because our YouTube channel is not that big or anything. Right. We have, like, 86 subscribers, so not there's not that big of an audience here and there. There's, like, a comment or so, but for the most part, I think, like, right. our listeners are from Facebook and stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. But if you want that copy of Synchronic out of your hands, I shall take it. I shall take it. Um, well, I have some more stuff to give away, so maybe I will attach it to another episode coming up. I, I have, like, a bunch of stuff. I see. So, um, yeah, what else? Um, oh, yeah, so 22 Shots is back on the downloader like pod catching apps so like itunes apple podcast spotify all that good stuff and the spotify thing is uh if you go on spotify and type in 22 shots um of moods and horror there'll be two that come up for some reason it every other thing just used the same thing but for some reason spotify didn't um, so, basically, that's kind of annoying, but, uh, basically there's one by 22 shots of moods and horror and one by horophilia, so, obviously the new one would be by us, so, that's, that's how you hear us on Spotify, um, maybe that'll get worked out, I'm not, I'm still just learning all this stuff, so, um, yeah, but that's, that's out there now, so, enjoy. Cool, I am glad that you accomplished that. Yes, I did. You did a thing. Yes. Yeah, and it was pretty cool because, you know, I posted episode 200 and it had like, um, I posted it at like 3 a.m. and when I woke up, it had like 150 download streams already and I was like, cool, our audience still got it. Jeez, buddy, I wish I was that popular. Yeah, well, we're not. Oh, okay. I think Watson might be our only listener sometimes. Nobody. People like Dave Z listens, Dave Parker listens, uh, no, Watson, you already said him. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? Debbie. People like, well, every time the show posts, people give it a like, so I assume all those peeps giving it a like are listening, and if they're not, they're fake. Debbie's a hardcore listener. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
she knows are funnies. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, if I had more time to push this show, I think it would be doing um, a lot better. But it's just, like, I never feel like I have time to, like, share it and, you know, get people to actually have the problem with modern podcasting is you can be a really good show which we are i think we're i think we're really fun and funny um but some people just don't want to listen they don't want to give it a chance to even like you know what i mean because there's and it's it's because there's so much out there yeah so just getting someone to try it is the the key and then, like, I don't know, I used to post it in, like, multiple groups and not just our own, uh, but sometimes I just feel like that's getting on people's nerves. It does. And, it does I mean, for me personally, nerves. when people post their podcast in a bunch of pages, I don't listen to it. I just don't, like, that doesn't do anything for me, so I feel like, I never feel like that really pushes it. I mean, sometimes it does, you know, if people want to support, but... The I easiest kinda, way to get people to listen is to go on another show and be like and not like your traditional oh where can people find you you don't say you don't answer that question you say well uh, I do have another podcast and it's really fun and one of my favorite podcasts to do I think your listeners would really actually enjoy it and it would mean a lot to me if some of them went over and checked it out because then the listener who's listening to that episode feels like more of a connection instead of like, here's my stuff, check it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I also, if I'm listening to a podcast and I just like one of the hosts, like they're funny or something, like I guess Christian's a good example in Exploding Heads. You know, I think he's funny. So I was like, I knew he had the TGIF 13 podcast and then I looked that up and listened to it and I like that too. So sometimes if I listen to somebody and I like them, it becomes like a family tree of me finding new other podcasts with like mutual people on it. So that is a big thing for me is liking the people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, in the summer, whenever 22 Shots takes a break, I'm going to try to push this one a little bit more and try to get some, get our listenership up. It's not horrible or anything, but I mean, it's better than Netflix and chill ever was. <laughs> I know. Well, actually, funny, like, I actually had a, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I had a high school friend message me and say that she listens to our show, because I used to post it on my personal page, and I thought, like, no one's going to actually listen to this, because no one cares, and no one knows what this is about, but uh, she was into horror movies, and she said she's listened since the first episode, so I thought that was really cool, because she was, like, just, you know, an outsider, not, like, a in our groups or anything and i thought that was nifty. it makes sense like once you listen to one episode of me you're kind of hooked no buddy that's you're, you're really not you're kind of like the weakest link on every pod that you're on I <laughs> what? get out of here i don't know you're like the guy who sucks uh Wait. not true um okay so i guess we'll get into the stuff that we watched um i guess you go first this week since i went first last week I think. Okay. Did you watch um, a lot? Did I watch a lot? Uh, one, two, three. I watched 12. Damn. Yeah, I'm a big watcher. I've been in the move mood, buddy. Like, what? 
What? Why? Because I don't you... care. No, no, I've been in... What? Dude, screw... <laughs> the listeners, Mike! I've been in the mood for moves. Like, I've been... The other night, what was it, like, Saturday? I watched, like, two moves, and then I was like, man, I really want to watch another move. And then you know what I did? I watched another move. Is it because you're watching moves for fun? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm also watching out five movies, but even that's, like, not painful, like, if I was doing 72 moves or something, so... It's fine. Um, anyway, I shall get into what I have watched. Uh, first up, as per my Survivor 5, I watched Wolf Creek. Creek. Yes. Mm, uh, good old Mick Taylor. Right. Mick Taylor. Um, but no, Wolf, Wolf Creek is a good movie. I watched it. This is only my second time watch. I watched it back when I first started collecting, so I didn't remember it. A whole lot. I mean, I did, I did, but like didn't at the same time. And uh, it's a good film, you know, about these people who are on a vacation and something happens to the car. And then this guy's like, hey, I shall fix the car. And he takes them back to his place. It's like really far off of where they were going in the first place. And uh, he turns out to be a big meanie head. And, um, you know, is this, wasn't this based on true events? Is that real or is that like... A fake true event thing. What is it? I it says this movie's based on true events. Oh yeah, it's it's based on a real um, serial killer in Australia, or I think it's based on two of them. Like they combine like the story of two of them. I don't know how accurate it is, but yeah, it is it is technically inspired by a serial killer. Yeah, I meant to look that up, but I completely forgot. But uh, so yeah, it's kind of based on true events. and it's a it's an eerie movie. I like the uh, just whole atmosphere of how they're very much in the middle of nowhere and trying to get away from this guy. And uh, I like the characters. You know, the main the one one of the main girls is like kind of sketchy, feels sketchy towards the guy, and she is correct. And uh, you know, finds out the hard way. And there's like actually a scene in the movie that's shocked me the first time, and it shocked me this time too because I forgot that it happened and went down the way that it goes down. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool to watch. Um, I give this an 8.5 out of 10. And then after that, I watched Halloween, 25 Years of Terror from 2006. Uh, This was a little documentary on Halloween and I had never seen it before. I was always curious on it. My mom actually got me this for Christmas as per my request. And, uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's like very, you know, it could usually definitely use an update, especially it came out before the remakes or, and now you got the new movies and uh, the way it's done, it's not like super into it. Like Friday the 13th or the Nightmare on Elm Street documentaries. It's more so you're seeing, seeing clips from conventions and that's how they did a lot of it. Then you have like behind the scenes stuff from like Halloween five or resurrection and things like that. So there's not a ton of people actually there for, interviews in it but I still uh was intrigued by it just because I've never seen any documentaries on it and I think it's like Rob Zombie's actually in it talking and I thought that was funny because I'm thinking like oh yeah of course he is he did the remake but it's before he even did the remake so that's kind of that's cool yeah it was it was like because the whole time I'm thinking oh they're gonna get to the remake then I was like wait this came out this is like 25 years of terror and it came out in 06 so no um Resurrection was like the last new one. Um, I will say they do a lot of stuff where they show fans of the series, like 
clips of them from conventions and stuff, and it makes me realize why people like Moods make fun of the Halloween fanboys, because they are psychotic, and uh, there's a lot of cringe in the clips and things like that. So I do see why some people give the Halloween fans a bad name after seeing that, but it was cool. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Then after that, as for my Survive 05, I watched The Fog Remake 05. Yes. Uh, this movie I did see when I was a kid. I, I barely remembered it. Uh, the only parts I really remembered was like the CG ghostly fog creatures and uh, the line where the kid says his babysitter just sits around and eats ding dogs and watch, watches Jeopardy. Um, and that was basically it. So, yeah, this movie is, like, painfully horrible. Um, you know, everyone's always said the Fog remake is really bad, and I was very curious to see, uh, especially, I didn't see the original Fog as a kid, so I was like, I wonder how I'll feel about this now. And it's, uh, it is just an awful, awful remake. I mean, Selma Blair plays, you know, Adrian Barbeau's character up in the lighthouse. She's very soulless. I feel like... At the end, I'm pretty sure she says, like, the same monologue that Adrian Barbeau closes with in the original, and it just feels like she's, like, copying the lines and not really putting any emotion into it. Uh, the CG is really bad and just stupid, and it tries way too hard to just be more of, like, this ghostly film, and there's no atmosphere or anything. Everything about it just... The, the act, the performances suck, the... Yeah, characters are cringe. It's a horrible, horrible film. Um, I give it a 3 out of 10. Um, and I'm not even a huge diehard fan of the original, but just seeing this made me actually want to go back and watch the original again, because I'm like, wow, this really, I think this upped my rating on it. Um, but after that, I watched MST3K. This re-signs Theater the Undead from 1997. Which you gave me, and uh, really, they that... did a movie from '97 on there. Oh no, it's the episode was from '97. The movie oh. was actually, yeah, I, actually I should have wrote that down. The movie is from, I think the '50s or '60s. The Undead. It's a Roger Corman flick, I believe. Um, probably the '60s. Yeah, it's uh basically like a bad um sort of i think zombie oh, no, or vampire it's 1957 i think oh, okay but um you know it's a very b movie black and white and uh i find i do find the guys funny i like i kind of enjoy because i honestly i threw this on as the in the background i was drawing coloring in this coloring book that i got that i'm obsessed with and i thought this would be a good thing to just throw on in the background so i didn't pay a ton of attention to the film, but I enjoy the uh, little, um, you know, segments with the actual robot people and the dude, I forget what the dude's name is, or the robot people, but um, they're funny. There's just like a part and at the beginning Tom where... Servo and... Uh, what's the other one's name? Crow or something? That sounds legit. That sounds legit. Sounds legit. But, um... I, th I do think they're funny, um, but I honestly don't remember the f actual film part a whole lot. Uh, it was a pretty bad movie, but um, it was still fun. Like I said, good thing to put on in the background. That's what I enjoy these types of things for. So I think I gave that like maybe a 7 out of 10, something like that. Then after that, I watched Color Out of Space again from 2019. Stop! The what? Stop watching that movie. 
I watched it twice. I know, it's ridiculous. You don't need to watch it that many times. Twenty twenty is over. Stop watching twenty twenty movies. Didn't, it's twenty nineteen technically, but um, no, buddy. I went over to a friend's house. Our friend Matt, good old Doesn't Matt. Doesn't he know that you just prepped for twenty twenty and you don't need to be watching twenty twenty movies anymore? No, he doesn't actually. I don't think so. I just accepted because they wanted to do a Nicolas Cage double feature, and this movie's not that bad. It is long. Um, Nicolas Cage is very cringe, and it's I don't. It's like just awkward because it's like he's trying to play a regular guy and it doesn't work so um it's kind of funny in that aspect but uh i don't know i enjoy the film i do think it's a little bit too long like it gets to a point where i'm kind of like let's get on with it but i think the concept is interesting and the performances are good like i mean nicholas cage is just nicholas caging it up uh just in a very different type of way um and yeah, I don't think it's a bad film. I gave I give it I give it a seven and a half out of ten. I mean, you got Tommy Chong too, and he's funny. He's like, you know, that guy. So uh, then after that, I watched Mandy from 2018, another Nicolas Cage movie. That's the other one we watched. And uh, yeah, this was the second try I tried to give to this movie, and I do not like Mandy. Um, I just. It is too much for me in the artsy category, I guess. It's better than Color Out of Space. No, it's not. Um, it's very just slow at the beginning, yes. and I just can't stand... No, no it's not. Um, I can't stand the whole... I just don't like it, the whole thing with the girl when she's in the room, and they're, like, superimposing dude's face over hers, and then he's, like, talking really slow. It, like, puts me to sleep. Um, I mean, the revenge aspects are cool and everything, but... And the perform Like, Nicolas Cage is great, and it's... Um, and, you know, it's got pretty colors and whatnot and the good gore and stuff, but it just, uh, it's not something I would want to watch again, but I still give it a favorable, I mean, I give it a 6 out of 10, that's like just my personal rating, which is honestly, I think that's actually down from what I gave it originally, but 6 out of 10 is the only fair rating I could give the move, sorry everybody. And then after that, I watched Come Wrong. On. What? What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? You sound like you're falling asleep. Why don't you just go back to sleep and then I'll wake you up when I'm done? <laughs> you're taking forever. You sound so unintrigued by my stuff. You're talking about color out of space for the eighth time. No, I'm not. I've seen it twice. I couldn't stand the name of Vinia, by the way. I just can't. Anyway. Okay. Wrong turn 5, 2012. Uh, that is my next move, and this is... Wait, which one is this? Wait. Bloody Beginnings. Wait. Oh, yes, Bloody Beginnings. Nope. No, 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 no. Bloodlines. Bloodlines, yes. They all have to have a stupid little subtitle, but... Yeah, okay, Bloodlines. I almost mix this up with part six. Um, yeah, I, bought, I gave this a rewatch. I had it on Blu-ray. I wasn't a big fan of it the first time I had seen it. Uh, this one is the one with Doug Bradley, and it's a prequel slash sequel as in it's a prequel to the first one still but a sequel to the fourth one which was also a prequel um so that's kind of interesting but uh yeah there the reason i watched this before is because it's like set on halloween kind of there's like a big halloween event going on in this small town and um during it basically doug bradley ends up in jail and uh this kid ends up in jail for because they find all these drugs on him uh well all his friends do but he blames it on himself so he's in jail and then you have like this uh alcoholic who's also in this little jail cell you know in a small town and this woman 
guard is the one uh, kind of handling them. Uh, and the whole time, you know, Doug Bradley's like, you better let me out or else my boys are going to get you. You're going to die by the end of tonight. And he's saying all this cringe, like, one-liney stuff the whole movie. It's uh, probably the worst part of the film, honestly. I really didn't care for his character, which is a shame because, you know, you know no, no disrespect on Doug Bradley, but I just didn't think he was that great in this movie. Um, but... And the, you know, Three Finger and the other mutant characters kind of look really cheesy in this one. I think it's probably the worst that they've looked. But all in all, I liked it better than the first time I had seen it. Um, I thought it was still a fun film. It's still got its, like, mean-spirited brutalness to it that I enjoy. And, uh, you know, I did like the setting, the small town, the uh, police, little police station setting. So It really uh, looks like a set. It does. It does. It's like not like the movie definitely looks has like a cheap look all around, but I still did not mind it. I gave it. What did I give it? What have I given it? Where did I give it? Where did I give it? What's that? Oh, six out of ten. I gave it a six out of ten. So yeah. Um, it's not my least favorite. I'll say that. And then after that, I watched Wrong Turn two from two thousand seven. Uh, I'm cringing and- that you watch these all out of order. I know you are, and I'm glad. But Wrong Turn 2, I watched, and it's because I wasn't, originally I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get to them all, so I'm going to watch the ones I haven't seen at least before we see the new one, so. Well, technically, Wrong Turn 2 is, like, last in the timeline, besides Wrong Turn 3. Yeah, you're right. That is kind of, that's weird. But, yeah, um... Wrong Turn 2, of course. 2007, this is the one where they're doing, like, this uh, TV show that is basically a Survivor ripoff. Um, forget what it was, forget what the name is for it. I think like they even say, like... Apocalypse or something. Yeah, it's Apocalypse. And I think they even say, like, how is this different from the other Survivor shows? And they're like, because, because this. And uh, so you got, you know, all these... Um, actors uh team members who join together and they're in the middle of the woods for survival and um they get paired up into groups of two and you know go onto the woods and that's how the show is supposed to happen um yeah this one's definitely good uh it's still some people like it better than part one i still prefer part one uh this one kind of this one has like some cheese to it but then it also gets serious at times i think all these movies are pretty mean in spirit with the deaths and uh just they're very brutal i feel like the mutant guys don't do not give a shit and they're gonna kill you so uh i think this one's pretty good with the gore and stuff like that uh the characters are fun at least because they're all kind of unique personalities hence the whole tv show a lot of times they purposely do that where they get uh people with different personalities on tv shows to make it interesting so you do have that going on and uh i like the concept i like that they did something different with that um as opposed to just doing another you know all these movies could have just been like people taking a wrong turn and getting lost in the backwoods and being killed off but they do do stuff different with all these films and i do appreciate that so i dig wrong turn too um i give it a seven and a half out of ten then after that, I watched The I-3, Chicken P, from 2005, um, as per my Survive 05. One that I just picked up the other night with you at CD Warehouse, and uh, 
Yeah, this movie's weird. Um, it's straight up horror comedy, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, I've never seen part two, but I've seen the first one, and I really enjoyed the first one. It's very creepy, very eerie film, and uh, I believe they're all made by the same people. Uh, I think they're called the Pang Brothers or something like that. And yeah, they decided to go the horror comedy route with this. Uh, there's no continuity, by the way. It's a completely different story. Um, this one's about a group of friends who are on vacation and they decide to look up these 10 ways to summon spirits because they really want to see ghosts and all of them end up seeing ghosts. But then because they did that, the ghosts start haunting them in their day-to-day life. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the story. Um, and like I said, it's very comedic uh, and the comedy doesn't really work for me. Um, it's a little bit cringeworthy. Um, there are some creepy moments with the ghostly figures that I think look good but other than that like I wasn't a huge fan of it just because it was comedic I don't think it's a bad movie but it definitely wasn't for me um I just gave it a five and a half out of ten because it is pretty goofy um after that I watched Wrong Turn 3 and from 2009 Wrong Turn 3 this was the final one that I had to watch I had never seen this one before and you had told me it was really bad. Um, it, it definitely, especially if you watch like part two, part one and two, and then watch this, it's such a step down. Um, it, the, there's CG effects in it that are very laughable, especially at the beginning. There's just this one kill that is so, so bad. bad it, looks, it looks like something that like I would make if I was trying to make a low budget film. Um, the acting at the beginning is atrocious, but other than that, I mean, the plot is, you know, these prisoners are being transferred on a bus and the bus uh, gets overturned and blows up. So they're all kind of wandering through the woods and, you know, two of the prisoners uh, take the upper hand and kind of get a gun and they're holding the cop hostage and making them do stuff. So I kind of, li- again, I kind of like that they did something different with the story, but at the same time, my biggest problem with the movie is it feels more like a prison break type of film or you know escape film than it does a wrong turn film it just feels like it's more so following the plot of these guys trying to escape through the woods and uh get free and then you kind of have three finger like in between doing some three my problem is just it's just bad like i'm fine with the prison break stuff if it was done good but it's just so cheesy and and it doesn't feel at all like a real group of people like all the acting's horrible the money subplot is horrible like honestly i gave the movie a better rating than it probably deserved but in all honesty i think that it's a pretty garbage movie yeah i mean i think my, my biggest thing with the prison thing is it really gets old after a while it's just non-stop that one guy with the gun being like I'm gonna shoot you if you don't do this and then like someone gets the upper hand and he's like oh no but then he gets the upper hand again and then they run through the woods and then he meets up with them again and then he just keeps saying like the same types of lines and he like the main prisoner who's like the bad guy was getting on my nerves and then the cop is like a pussy and then you have that girl who's bad at acting from the beginning so it's definitely bad with the acting and the effects and like I said it doesn't to me it just doesn't it's lacking in wrong turn-esque feels just because they're focusing so much on the uh, subplot of the prison stuff. Um, but I did, I still think, I think I 
enjoyed this one a little bit more than part six. I'm not going to lie. I gave, that's insane. I gave it a five and a half, and I gave part six a five. Five and a half? Yes. Jesus. I didn't think it was... I think it's because you it's said... It's horrible. Oh, you made it sound so bad that I think I went into it thinking, this is going to make me cry. It's going to be so bad. And then it was like still... A plausible Dude, film to me. Did you even notice when they're driving down the road at the beginning of the movie that they're, they're literally behind a green screen? Um. Probably no. not. No, I didn't. Probably weren't even watching the screen. I, I, I was watching, but I was just watching, like, the bus and stuff. Dude, like, literally, like, you know how, like, on Roseanne, like, they'll be driving and it looks <laughs> fake as hell? That's what it is! <laughs> okay, buddy, <laughs> I'm sorry. But there's an bus get... full of people. Oh, right, I feel dumb. I'll change my rating. It is 1 out of 10. <laughs> You're just bad. No, I'm not bad. I just, You're bad. You just made it sound way worse than it was, I think. I feel. It's still a movie. Like, it's still it not the a, worst. I gave it a 4 out of 10. I think I was generous. Okay, okay. I did it. I, okay. I enjoyed watching it a little bit, but I don't think it's good. Okay, dude. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you done? No. What the hell? I have two more. Hurry up. I'm trying, dude. We're going to miss the move. No, we're not. We have to leave by 5.30. It's 4 I know, but I still need to nizzle. I know. But... No. No. <laughs> Alright, so my next move is Reincarnation as per my Survivor 5. This is one of the eight films to die for. It is an Asian film, and uh, this one's plot is essentially about this girl who uh, auditions for this role in a move, and the move is based on true events of uh, these people who got murdered at this hotel. She gets cast as uh, the character of this little 11-year-old girl, but they're like, yeah, we'll just change the age and stuff like that, and... um, that's basically how it is, but the girl, the girl who gets cast in that role is starting to see visions of the killer and, like, the little girl that she's supposed to be playing and stuff like that, so, uh, it's really wicking her out and she keeps fainting and whatnot, and, uh, yeah, um, this movie was pretty good, I would say. Um, it starts out really good and interesting. I thought the plot was, uh, kind of unique and cool, um, because the director's, like, trying to... He says, like, he's not trying to just just make a film. He's trying to, like, film and uh, do pay homage to the people who died. And by doing that, he is uh, essentially working on filming the actual deaths of the people. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, main girl's likable. Uh, and, you know, some of the visions are creepy, especially with the little girl. Because the little girl has this super terrifying doll that um i would never want in my life and there's a few moments with the doll that are creepy but as the movie went on i kind of was like getting a little bit bored by it um it just it wasn't like overly scary and i thought it would be because i don't know asian films are scary to me but uh it kind of there's some things with effects and stuff that didn't really work for me that came off as a little bit silly when they should have been creepy so uh but overall, um, I still thought it was decent. I gave it a 7 out of 10. And then the final move that I watched is actually a documentary from O2 called Bad Ass Cinema. And that is mm. something that you gave me that is about black exploitation films. It mm-hmm. is only 57 minutes. And uh, again, I was like coloring in my coloring book and thought this would be a good one to just kind of throw on. 
But I was into it, you know. Um, there's like I said, there's not much to it. It's not that long, but it's cool. They have interviews with like Samuel Jackson, of course, Quentin Tarantino. They have interviews with him where they're talking, discussing the controversy of the N word being used, and <laughs> what is it, Jackie Brown? Um, mm-hmm. A lot. They have interviews with Pam Greer, who looks super good, like young. Yeah, I mean that that doc's pretty old now. I mean, 2002, but yeah, I guess. Um, and then, like I said, Samuel L. Jackson, you got, uh, I don't, her name is weird, uh, Tupac's mom is actually interviewed. Athena Shakir. Yeah, well, she's dead now, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but, uh, so I thought that was interesting, and it was just cool having them talk about, like, how there was certain roads where, uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of talked about, there was, like, one road in particular that was just lined with theaters that was all black exploitation. And how these films were kind of like their ways of expressing themselves. And then they get into like stuff like, oh, well, then you got movies like The Exorcist coming out and you have all these black people going to see them. So it kind of, there was a point where black exploitation kind of went away because people started catching on to like, well, they don't really need these movies anymore because they're watching all the movies. So I um, thought that was interesting. And uh, there was another popular girl from black exploitation films who was talking about how. She kind of, there was like just no work to be had for a few years there, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, good. It's short and to the point, but uh, it was pretty good. I gave that a seven and a half out of ten. That is all my moves. That is all my moves. It is your turn to do your moves. Did you know that um, Pam Greer was diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer in 1988? No. Yep. Damn. Well. She survived that. Yeah, she was told she had 18 months to live. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, Pam Greer is literally a legend. Like, just an absolute legend of a actress. Yeah, she was saying, like, she just went in and did her her best job. She was just trying to do a good job. I mean, I know that, like, you don't watch, like, a lot of non-horror stuff, but... Yeah. If you ever watch, like, the exploitation films um, of the 70s, like, uh, Coffee, and um, she's also in Scream, Blackula Scream, um, Mm. Foxy Brown, Sheba Baby, um, those films. Right. Specifically, Coffee, I think, is probably the best one. Mm. Like, they really are good movies. I recommend Mm. them. Like, I really like Coffee and Foxy Brown, Friday Foster. But, yeah, those are really cool. Um, And then she's in, like, other cool stuff like Class in 1999. And she's in, um, what's the one um, John Carpenter film? Um, Mm. What was it? Um, Ghosts of Mars? she in that? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen that. She's in Ghosts of Mars and uh, some other stuff. But, yeah, she's she's in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, cool. She actually plays, like, a MILF that Will Smith oh. hooks up with. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I like, when that. I was watching it, like, a couple years ago, I was like, is that damn Pam Greer? <laughs> she was MILFing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, she's she's pretty awesome. I've always liked her a lot. Um, but, yeah. So, are you done? I'm done, yeah. Holy hell. What? You want me to keep going? I shall keep going. Alright, so now I will review a move. No, get out of here. I mean, mine's short this week. 
All right, good. Now hurry up and do it, because we're going to miss the move. Um, first of all, I know I still have to sleep. No, you don't. I'm tired. Come on, do, come on. Do you even know what move you left off on? Yeah. Okay, what? I made. Right. Okay, good. Now go on. Um, no first of all, just go. First of all. No. <laughs> okay. Um, the first thing that I watched uh, the past week was the Night Stalker, or just called Night Stalker: The Hunt for a Serial Killer, which was a four-part mini-series on Netflix. Did you watch this? No, but everyone at work was talking about Why it. Why do you never watch the new Netflix things? I don't get it. You're a horror fan. You like I don't there's always these documentaries that come out that everybody talks about and you never watch them unless I tell you to. I find Netflix depressing. Why? Cuz I feel like everyone's always just like, "Did you catch that new show? There's only one season." Cuz like they just keep putting out shows and then one season and then they're canceled <clears> and it's <throat> like how do you even... What are you doing, people? Like, that's not... Go watch a move. Moves can't get canceled. Yeah, but this isn't a cancelable thing. It's just a... It's just one story. Okay, well, I also don't have time as I'm watching a lot of movies for fun. This, this is something that you would watch for fun. I watched it for fun. Dude, I got... I got so many... I don't know, actual... buddy. I, one, of the, <laughs> one of the only things I like about netflix and like the regular culture is when something new comes out and everybody's talking about it and and watches it i kind of like that a little bit because it's like gets the community rolling i guess buddy i guess but you never watch the stuff and and i always want to talk to you about it because you're the person i talk to the most and you never you didn't even recommend me the the show that's because i didn't really care for it that much (laughs) what okay okay then get into this crappy review okay so it's it's a documentary four-part series about um the night stalker who was richard ramirez are you familiar with him i am yes yeah probably one of the serial killers i'm least familiar with um i know he killed people with the cecile hotel i believe did he really or at least it was rumored that he maybe not at that i think he stayed at the hotel like at the time that he was doing his killings hmm. which is where Alyssa lamb was found in the water tank oh really yeah it's a they're, very they just announced they're doing a movie on that too oh really on netflix a doggy yeah. thing that just came would... out today that they were would... doing that I would watch that. I already watched a really good one on that. Okay, go on. Anyway, yeah. Um, he was an interesting serial killer because um, they didn't really know... He didn't really fit the patterns. Like, a lot of serial killers will do the same thing over and over again. But he just kind of did anything. He was a serial killer, a rapist, a kidnapper, a pedophile, a burglar home invasion artist like he just did whatever he would kill them with you know um a a gun he would kill them with a stabbing he would kill them with a tire iron he would kill them with a hammer he would use strangulation a machete he didn't really have a, a mo um and he was a satanist as well kind of um but it basically took place in uh which is kind of crazy um june 1984 to august 1985 and i don't i mean i don't even know how many victims he had he had 
he had a lot of victims, but I'm not sure how many people he killed. Oh. Um, on my birthday in 1984, he murdered a nine-year-old Chinese girl. Oh. In the basement of a hotel where he was living. Maybe that's the hotel. Maybe not. It might be. Um, but yeah, uh, geez, I mean, he had a lot of instances of crime like he he attacked a lot of people that survived but he also he also killed a lot of people you know what i mean Mm. um 13 counts of murder five counts of attempted murder 11 counts of sexual assault 14 counts of burglary and it's rumored that there was even more murders that was done before that he didn't get convicted of when you when you look at it isn't it a little hard to believe that this guy um you know born in 1960 um would just start killing people at 24 for one year i don't know i I feel like he was probably doing stuff before that yeah that's a little suspect yeah um but they couldn't find him they didn't know who he was um it was hard in fact uh the big difference in crime for this guy was the difference in age of victim too because um he literally broke into like a i don't know like eight-year-old's house or something like that and took this girl out of her window in the middle of the night and took her back to his house and um raped her and then dropped her off Oh. And the police are try the, the 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 this police guy is saying like I think this is the guy that's doing those killings and everybody laughed at him because they're like that doesn't happen. Um but it was the guy, the same guy. And uh yeah, they they eventually figure out who he is and the community basically attacks this guy and and as he's trying to run and the whole community comes out and like captures him and then the police come and take him to jail and he was really into the whole fame of the whole thing um i thought he was given oh yeah he was given the death sentence but he ended up dying at 53 from lymphoma um before he could be executed but yeah um the interesting thing about this guy is there are so many pictures of this guy where he looks like almost like a like a handsome like this guy could have been like in a rock band or something with his mm-hmm. long hair and then there's other pictures where he just looks like purely evil it's the weirdest thing but uh a lot of people like were obsessed with this guy like going to his court hearings and like sending him naked pictures and being like you know obsessed with him like just fangirls like he was a uh rock and roll star or something which is Mm. always so fucking weird man well it's like a ted bundy too right right um but the documentary itself i i thought it was just okay um everybody was raving about it i Mm. i mean i didn't i barely knew anything about ramirez and besides some more detailed uh events of his crimes I didn't really learn anything. I mean, really? they didn't really focus on 
him like who he was where he grew up like how he um they didn't really bring anybody in who worked with him who uh knew him who was friends with him who you know was his cousin or anything you know what i mean like they didn't really get any they just they just left it kind of mysterious and it was more about the police and it's fine It's, it's it's fine I just didn't really... It wasn't that interesting. It was four episodes. I think they could have wrapped this up in two. Or one two-hour episode. One two-hour feature. I think this would have been fine. I feel like a lot of time's wasted. Um, I just didn't really... I just really wasn't that into it. I thought it was good. I just didn't... It didn't do what the Ted Bundy one did for me. Or like some of the other true crime documentaries they do i know they're doing a Dahmer one if that one disappoints i'll literally be so mad because he's the most interesting serial killer to me and i do and it's funny i see this thing that came out and all these people on twitter and stuff are like super angry and they're like you know we need to stop uh, glorifying the killers and uh like glorify the victims and stuff like that and i get that you know what i mean like we do spend way more time focusing on the killers and not the victims um and because there is a victim on here who tells her story and stuff like that and uh i get that and and i do and i do think it's kind of weird to be a person with a richard ramirez tattoo like dude that guy (laughs) raped little girls yeah i don't like that that's fucking weird bro um but at the same time i i get the fascination with serial killers because i have it too i have a fascination for them i was actually telling a co-worker that i was training that i watched this and they thought i was a fucking weirdo right they're like you know a lot about serial killers and i was like i know a lot about everything like i know a lot about penguins dude i watch penguin documentaries you know what i mean like shut up buddy like shut up lady you know what i mean like don't make me look like a weirdo but it i I sometimes forget that i'm not like no it would be normal to say that i'm interested in serial killers in this community like nobody would even it's like duh (laughs) do you know what i mean but you say that in real life and all of a sudden people think that you're fucking a weird ass dude well that's like moronic anyway because like everyone when it's a netflix documentary like everyone watches it like the ted bundy one everyone was raving about this one everyone's raving about so you're the yeah. one who's a moron if you think you're and, dumb, and then weird. i start telling her like what what i was like well no i'm not like into serial killers like i just find it fascinating to wonder like what makes them tick and like why they do it and if there's like connections between different serial killers in their upbringing and i started going on and on and i'm like this is not helping my case (laughs) yes because it's just making me look like obsessed at that point because i'm like talking about all these things we can learn from them and stuff yes (laughs) and she's i I could tell it made her uncomfortable but i'm glad this person doesn't work with me anymore they didn't (laughs) they didn't make it uh, but yeah, it, it, and I, I think that there's a conversation to be had about, okay, all these people, like, what what's up with us, like, like fetish-sizing, fetish-sizing? Fetish-sizing. Yeah, isn't that a weird word? Yeah, that's hard, because it's the, an S-H and an S. These killers and glorifying them and, and talking about them as they're like these great people (laughs) like i get it man it is twisted and i I do think that people i 
I, I also think that there is a disconnect there. When these people become these larger-than-life figures of pop culture, it's om it almost detaches their actions. Like, you kind of forget, like, oh, there is a real little girl who was raped and murdered by this scumbag. And yeah. she had a family, and she had loved ones, and they had a horrible life because this happened to her. And she had a horrible death, uh, you know, from this man. You kind of get detached from the reality of it, and you it's almost like a cult figure, like Charles Manson, right? Like... Mm -hmm. like he was a dirty hippie who convinced a bunch of losers to kill some people but right. like because of the figure and who he was and the media and stuff i can see why people find him interesting you know what i mean but i think some people take it a step far where they're like getting tattoos of him and stuff like that and i'm like dude that come on <laughs> you know what i mean right. i would yes. never do right. that but at the same time like I do get, like, when I say Jeffrey Dahmer is my favorite serial killer, like, I'm not happy that he, like, raped and murdered people, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. just saying that I find him the most interesting out of them, and the one that um, I'm most fascinated to read about and learn about. Yes. But yeah, pretty much a scumbag too. You know, all these guys are scumbags. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe the only scumbag is, like, the one, the one that was, like, um... The monster movie the one where she's eileen worm eileen wormos yeah she's like getting raped a bunch and stuff yes she gets all right range. but right anyway i thought it was okay gave it a seven out of ten it's a good thing i just wasn't like blown away by it all right shall you be talking about all your moves for this long yeah buddy no come on <laughs> we're gonna miss the move for real uh, then we have Wrong Turn 4, Bloody Beginnings from 2011, continuing with the Wrong Turn films. And, uh, yeah, this one is set at a abandoned... Okay, so this one's a prequel. It's set at, a band at an abandoned mental scene asylum, uh, where we get an opening where this new girl's, like, gonna be working there. And the guy shows her these three most dangerous inmates, the the brothers, the wrong turn brothers, you know, Sawtooth, uh, Three Finger, and Left Eye. And, uh, or One Eye. Left Eye. It's TLC, buddy. Yeah, Left Eye had a dream. What if they just broke out like, don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> You're right, buddy. It's funny. Um, but the um left <laughs> eye. <laughs> I just pictured it like grease paint under the eye, you know, like left eye would wear sometimes. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh but yeah, they they end up breaking out and this is supposed to be the origin story of the three brothers. Um, when they're, you know, kids, and then they break out, and then some years pass by, and a group of, um, college-age kids are going out to, to the, a cabin, and they're snowmobiling out to it, and they get trapped in a storm, and they end up taking the wrong turn. <laughs> yeah, buddy, um, that is how the moves go. And they end up finding uh, the insane asylum, which apparently these three kids have just been hanging out um, near. Uh, I guess they didn't go too far from it. And uh, yeah, they're the. the I mean, the, I would say that the wrong turn cannibals are like 
in their early 20s, maybe, at this point in the series. Yeah, they look, they seem like they would be young. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they decide to hang out at this place so they don't freeze to death in the snow. Um, there's, there's a big group of them. There's actually a lot of characters. Um, there's the, 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 this lesbian couple, um, which, uh, have multiple gratuitous sex scenes. (laughs) Um, there's, there's some, there's some, there's a lot of boobs and, and blood in this one. Um, and then you have like the kind of lead and like guys and stuff. I don't remember. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, uh, they start getting picked off. Not necessarily one by one, but kind of one by one. Like they, it's one of those movies where like, you think it's going to go the slasher route where everybody like separates and gets killed in a cool death sequence. But that doesn't really happen because, they literally all like find out that they're being attacked by the cannibal crew like at the same time and so like they're aware of it um there's a pretty like horrible mean-spirited like we're gonna cut pieces of your body off and fry it in front of you and eat it type scene um you know the classics and that actually made me really uncomfortable you thought it was funny because you're evil but i thought it was like sad I thought, not the guy dying, buddy, the dumb friends being like, oh no, should we go? Oh no, should we help him? Like, he's going to be dead by the time you actually make a decision. Yeah, but I understand their questioning. They're like, are they trying to just suck us in one by one like the sniper in Full Metal Jacket? No, buddy. That's what no. they essentially said. What? No, buddy. Um, so, yeah, uh, dude, I really like this wrong turn. It's my second favorite in the series. Uh, I used to like part two the best, but this this is my favorite uh, besides the first. But it's just because, like, I love the snow setting. The gore is actually, like, almost all practical, which is cool because the CGI in part three was horrible, and I think it's the same director. Uh, it feels like they really took their time with this one. I watched some bonus behind-the-scenes features just because I was curious that if it it has a bunch of features so i i just popped them on and it shows everybody like having fun like in this little um building that they're working on the effects and and you know they're got the whole cast talking about the movie and stuff and nobody it seems like everybody's there just to have a good time they shot it like the entire movie in like 12 days too which was like super short um but yeah they're just there to you know and nobody everybody knows what they're making like everybody knows that they're making like just a, a fun teen horror movie that that is going to go to video and and people are going to watch for blood and boobs and i like that when you have that attitude going in sometimes it pays off and uh yeah i i thought that the movie overall was just really solid and honestly they they even they even have a a song that was made for the movie yeah, that was. It's like it was I took a wrong cool. turn. Like I don't know how it goes, but it's 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 really good. It's really good, and it plays at the end of the movie, and it makes it like this emotional sort of like, um, you know, end to this film. And I was like, wow, this is actually like way better than it needs to be. And yeah. then the there is probably the greatest ending in this entire franchise at the very end of this one. I won't spoil it, but I absolutely loved it. And honestly, I kind of want to watch it again. It's it's the it's 
it's probably my go-to wrong turn now. Um, but yeah, that's wrong turn for Bloody Beginnings. Seven and a half out of ten on that one. Pretty high rating for that. Uh, and I will say something. None of the wrong turn films feel like the first one. Like, none of them. <laughs> the first one is the only one that feels... Like, it might as well not even be part of the franchise. Because th th there's no reason for the others to even... Like, they're not the same movie at all. Yes, I would agree. Like, the first one is so different. Just in tone. Like, it's actually, like, a scary, like, serious movie. And, like... It looks so real. Like, the, the cannibals look like real people. And in these, they look like cartoon characters. Right. But it's still I, fun. Yeah. It's still fun. Yeah. Um, then I watched Wrong Turn 5 Bloodlines from 2012. I pretty much felt the same as you about it. It's 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 entertaining. A uh, little bit mean-spirited. There's, like... The ending's actually really... Like, it's funny. They, they really are mean-spirited movies like a lot mm -hmm. um especially with like the eye thing at the end and like how that whole thing ends i was like wow like that's kind of messed up <laughs> mm -hmm. um but the worst part about this movie to me is the casting of doug bradley uh so doug bradley deserves better than this but i don't i blame him he should never took this role yeah. um he is uh, you didn't bring this up but he's actually playing the same character from part one and two Right. The the old guy that sits at the gas station drinking the Pepto Bismol. Right. Um, he's playing him, the father of these things. <laughs> yes. But they changed the storyline to where he found him in an asylum instead of being his actual their actual dad. I didn't like that. They they changed a few storylines in here. Mm -hmm. Um, like part two says that it's like mutant waste. You know what I mean? That caused this the mutations but then oh part, yeah part six just says it's like incest <laughs> mm -hmm. um but yeah uh it's okay i didn't think it was great or anything i'm at a six out of ten on that one probably a little hot like i, I feel like i'm generous with these films because they're entertaining mm -hmm. um and then wrong turn six last resort uh they're definitely the the weakest besides the third one to me uh this dude inherits this mansion hotel thing goes there um turns out it's ran by almost like a cult a, a cult of the wrong turn hillbillies um it, I, just, it, I just didn't like the story i just wasn't into it um can't remember any of the kills or anything um it's cool seeing the crew back together i do like seeing the three i i think the three wrong turn children are, are neat like sawtooth left eye and three finger they're cool i like to see yeah. them and of course three finger is like the coolest but um i like the other two too so it's cool to see them but i mean i don't know did you i, I just didn't really care for this one that much i gave it a five probably like a 5.5 out of 10 i'd say yeah i um the only part I really I like the part where he does go out into like the woods where they're having that like gathering and they have like all the, you know, scary cannibal people out there. I thought that was cool, but I just hated the whole thing with the hotel setting and stuff. It just took away from the. Fun. I normally like things set in hotels, but I don't know. It just felt weird. It felt yeah. like it didn't belong. 
And this town's weird, too. Like, you assume all this takes place in the same town, but you're not... Weird. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Um, Larva from the year 2005 is part of my Survive 05. I had you pick this one up. Um, I remembered that I'd started this a while ago and just never finished it. So I decided to actually give it a finish. Um, it's, it reminds you of like a sci-fi channel original movie where like, you know, um, there's like a CGI monster. It's pretty much that, but I don't know. I, I... I feel like when they actually try to make them good and they treat it serious, I always find I enjoy them more because like I'll pretend that the CGI monster doesn't look like a blob of glistening CGI if if you're going to pretend that it doesn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if the movie makers are going to pretend that it doesn't look like ass, then sure I will too. And it, it's a little bit more fun. Um but yeah, this guy moves to this like small town. This like um, it's like it reminds you. It's eco horror. Reminds you of Jaws. Like there's a mayor there who, or a police chief or whatever, who's all like, you know, like this this town runs on beef. You know, we gotta make sure our beef is is beefy. You know, and he like uh, gets like sponsored or something by this feed company that um, you know will guarantee their cows get bigger and stuff with this feed company but there's like this parasitic thing happening and these parasites grow and attack the town and stuff like that it, it was kind of gross at first it like got under my skin like i don't know like meat and parasites gross me out um but then it, it gets like more into like the monster movie territory uh but yeah it's it's not bad i enjoyed it it's not great either but you know it is what it is i gave it a five and a half out of ten cool i shall watch it yes um <laughs> a lot of bad to like a lot of mi like middling tier road movies from 05 i'm noticing yeah definitely whenever moods and, and dave were like oh man oh five I, they're kind of a little bit right <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's there's definitely better year. I mean, there's, there's better it, 2000s years. It has a very top-heavy game. Like there's like there's literally like five amazing movies from this year. Mm. And then there's like everything else. Um okay, and then uh the last two that I watched here, I watched them one last night and one this morning um at like one o'clock, two o'clock. What? I see. What? I see. See what? I see what you're saying. What am I saying? You're saying you watched a move at like one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. Stop. <laughs> what? Um, I'm surprised you didn't yell at me. Why? Because I said I watched one this morning at like two o'clock. Yeah, stop being up at two o'clock. No, I meant like this, like two p.m. Oh, no, dude. I thought you meant 2 a.m. Dumbass. That was two, like two and a half hours ago, you moron. <laughs> yeah, this morning. No, buddy. Dude, That's we like gotta go. What time Come do we on. have to go? Are we done? What time do we have to go? About like 5.30. Oh, no. Come on, come on, You're gonna come have on. to come pick me up. Okay. Uh, why? <laughs> okay, so uh, the 
last two films I did, I do them both at once because I'm Come not going to comment. Come on, I thought you were done. To, I, I thought it was too. I'm not going to comment on them too much. I watched Paranormal Activity 1 from 2007, uh, which is a found footage film. We're covering them on the podcast this week, so I don't want to go into too much detail, but I do find it a good, scary movie. Uh, and then Paranormal Activity 2 from the year 2010. I haven't watched this since probably honestly 2010 so 11 years ago and yeah you know i i it's it's a it's an interesting sequel it's cool how they tie them together i'll say that uh i've never seen any of the others so i'm looking forward to three four uh, three i hear is really good it's like a prequel four uh, I hear is like not the best. The marked ones I hear is like one of the best, and then the ghost dimension I hear sucks. Mm. Uh, so looking forward to those. We're also covering Tokyo Nights, which is the unofficial spinoff of the Paranormal Activity series that was released in Japan. So it was literally Japan ripping off the U.S., which essentially kind of ripped off Japan. I see. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yes. Um. What sucks is there's actually a new one in development that's supposed to come out this March, but I doubt it will. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's an interesting little series. I'm curious to see if it ties in to all, like if it all is the same storyline. So far, it's the same, but and I know the third one is, but yeah, I'm kind of interested. Yes. So yeah, those are my what I watched it's. Cool. Okay. So now we shall talk about the move. Talk about the dang move. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, this move that we're going to be talking about is called. What is it called? Ten to midnight. 10 minutes to midnight. Yeah, 10 to midnight is a different movie starring Charles Bronson. <laughs> yeah. I kept looking that up by mistake. Yeah, I did that too earlier on Letterboxd. Yeah. So 10 minutes to midnight, kind of a little quiet release here from 10 minutes to midnight. Uh, it's a film starring Carolyn Williams. Stretch herself. Caroline, Honestly, buddy. What's that? Caroline, buddy. That's what I said. Caroline Williams. You said Carolyn. That's a different name. Um, but I'm actually a little happy that we kind of have like a, a almost like a reincarnation of Stretch a little bit with the radio concept again. That's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, the director of this film, um, he was actually on Project Greenlight. I know that. Um, but yeah, he, he mostly, um, directed some TV and stuff like that and a couple of shorts and he did do a, a feature, but I'm not sure anything about it. Um, but yeah, this is, this is 10 minutes to dang midnight, yo. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what do you give a, give a plot synopsis? Alright, so the synopsis on Letterboxd says, Bitten by a rabid bat, a late-night ra- late radio host terrorizes her co-workers as she slowly transforms into a vampire. 
kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, they put it way more straightforward than the movie is. Yeah. But let me just say this. There is a subplot to this, and it involves this radio host, late night radio host, who has been doing this job for 30 years, named Amy Marlowe, and she's played by Carolyn Williams, who was brilliantly cast in this part because the whole concept of this movie is about the uh, a young girl named Sienna who comes in to replace her on what's supposed to be her retirement going away final night, which she was kind of left out of the, you know, conversation about this. They would just kind of kind of surprise her and be like, yeah, you're done. Yeah. Um, which is probably not the best idea. But, yeah, she is, you know, very upset at this. You know, the concept of this new young hot thing coming in when she used to be the new young hot thing. And sort of that, like, aging thing. Uh, I'm going what am I going to do with my life type thing? Is this really the end type thing? I really, I think that that was like the funnest part of this movie was just this sort of, um, you know, changing of the guard type of storyline with Carolyn Williams leading it because of, I think that her age is right for the part. You know, typically they might get someone who doesn't look the part for this mm. and she not only does does her age fit but actually she she looks a little younger than like she's a little older in real life than i think that this character is supposed to be um and, but she doesn't really look like it <laughs> right yeah. you know what i mean like she yeah. she looks she looks a lot younger than she actually is i believe mm-hmm. she's 62 yeah she so. looks she looks young she looks like 52 like yeah. 10 years younger <laughs> 10 than years that. younger at least so um so yeah it was good really good casting and th- then too she just seems like somebody who would be doing this like i don't know who saw if it was like toby hooper or something that thought she would be good for like a radio character <laughs> but it is i i could watch her in like 10 of these yeah basically because I was looking for a movie to do, and um, I follow her on Instagram and kept seeing her post about this movie, and then, like, I, I noticed that there was, like, screenshots of her in a radio station. I was like, oh, I want to do this, cause it yeah, because it seems like... Yeah, because me and you were both big fans of Chainsaw 2. Yeah, and it's it also, like, it, it's helpful for the movie, because you think of... The whole time I'm thinking of Chainsaw 2 and her being young in that movie... And that being her and her prime. Right. And then this I was being doing her. the same thing. Like, yeah. you just picture, like, Stretch being, you know, the 30 years prior version of this character. You actually have yeah. a visual of what she would have looked like, you know? That's yeah. so cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this movie is really cool. And I actually expected it, like, based on the cover and just not knowing anything about it lack of promotion and things like that i mean carolyn williams did a good job promotion doing promotion but honestly Mm. the production company really didn't in my opinion because i didn't even hear this movie until um seeing her talk about it uh and we and we keep our ear close to the ground you know what i mean and that's another thing man all these companies need to do is is reach out the podcast dude and then they 
they think about it every podcast has you know hundreds of listeners and that's mm. that's and they're different listeners like the people that listen to us are a hundred different people than you know the the horror movie weekly or something you know so yeah. it it really like honestly like kind of big brain idea but someone will probably steal it if there was a um like a press company that went and got basically a mass podcast list and then they contact these production companies and say hey i could do a a mass shootout to these um podcasts Mm. that could be something but um yeah and so i looked at the cover and the fact that i didn't hear this and i was like this movie looks like it's gonna suck like i thought it was gonna be this super low budget we use our whole budget to get the, a, a name, you know, a horror <laughs> name, like a Bill Mosley or like a um, Carol, Caroline Williams. And, and the, you know, it's just like a crappy little movie. But it actually looks like a real movie, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not as low budget as I expected. I'm sure the budget is low, but the camera quality, the color correction, the sound design, it all sounds and feels like a real movie. And it's all in, set in the one place, and it's not that long of a movie, so I feel like they, you know, yeah, they did the right thing. that runtime to an hour and 13 minutes was one of the best decisions this director, editor, uh, producer, whoever's decision that was, it was a phenomenal decision because it makes this movie, which is honestly a pretty simple movie with a lot of craziness going on that you're trying to wrap your head around go by so smooth and fast and it I, if this movie was an hour and 45 mi- minutes it would have ruined it yeah i agree because you um, didn't have enough there to tell that story yes definitely um there's a so the 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 big elephant in the room type thing with this movie is i gave you the plot of like what is like the standard plot but the rest of the movie is like this sort of visions and and blurred line reality with visions and and weird trippy shit the rest of the movie um what did you think about that stuff um i enjoyed that stuff but i also felt like i feel like honestly by the end of the film i was a little confused um I see, like, there's definitely an underlying message. There's a lot of good lines in this movie, especially by Caroline Williams. Like, towards the end, she's kind of like, it seems like it's going so slow when you're living it, and then, like, all of a sudden you're here, and I thought that was really depressing. Like, talking about when you're young, you think that you have all this time, and then all of a sudden you're, like, 60 years old, and everything's over, so... Dude, that hit me too, man. Yeah. Because I, like, fear aging. Like one Me too. Of the biggest fears. So, but yeah, that and the like you said, the colors and the difference, um, uh, sort of dreamlike quality to the film. I dug it. I dug it. Um, I think my only issue is that like, you know, it makes it look like it's this big vampire movie, and there is vampiric stuff in it. But I feel like the two plot lines didn't go together well, unless I'm like really missing something. I don't well, know though. It, it it might not necessarily be vampires. Mm. It it's more it it could be like a rabies, like 
almost hallucinogenic type of thing that kind of can relate to vampires it's kind of like a little up in the air type thing i kind of mm-hmm. like that about it that makes sense um it's just weird you know seeing the, like whenever the there's the, like role reversal of the um young radio host and like the radio producer <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was like on cringe this is this is, this is ridiculous but the the first shocking scene is when she goes into the bathroom and she starts sniffing around and and pulls the tampon out of the trash bin. I'm, I literally almost threw up, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I so cannot disgusting. watch. I can't handle that type of ah! stuff. But... <laughs> ah! It's oh, even gr- it's it, like the fact that she rummages through garbage and finds it too. It's like extra grossness on top of grossness and yeah, like. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, overall, man, good performance from Caroline Williams, and uh, I keep wanting to say Caroline, you're right, I'm sorry. It's I don't like the name Caroline, because I don't, it's hard to say. <laughs> like, yeah. Caroline works better. Yeah, it is a little hard to say when you're not used to it, but it's not like I'm unfamiliar with this person. I love her. I've literally always said that she got completely underused in mm-hmm. movies. Like, she just didn't get as many roles as you would like to see um considering her acting abilities i think i've always thought she's great um my favorite character she plays well it's hard because obviously stretch is like one of a kind and and we hold her in high regard right yeah but one of my i mean she does have 72 acting credits (laughs) like that's kind of a lot (laughs) But, I mean, I, I've always thought she could have been even, you know, in a ton more. Um, she has a little bit of a lull there. Mm-hmm. In the... I guess not a ton of a lull, but... Um, <laughs> my favorite my favorite character of her besides Stretch is Loretta from Leprechaun 3. I knew you were going to say that. I love her character in that. Like, she changed... Dude, it doesn't even look like... It doesn't even feel like her, right? Yeah. She changes her voice and has, like, that... What is it? Like, a New Jersey accent or something like that. And she's, like... Oh, dude, she is so great. She she embodies that, like, bitchy, older, casino worker type... Oh, dude, she, like, kills that role. I absolutely love that role. Um, she also is in um stepfather 2 and that's like another one of her big roles that i always like i don't know if you've ever seen stepfather 2 but she's really fun in that no i haven't yeah um definitely definitely give that one a shot one day and Um, she's in hatchet 3 she's actually in um rob zombies halloween 2 as well oh yeah she is yeah um, but yeah, Hatchet 3 is another one of my favorite roles for her. She plays an investigative reporter, which, again, adds to the like journalism aspect that the stretch role kind of um, did with her. So I, I, I don't know. I, I really like that. So yeah, she's in a, she's in a bunch of fun stuff, and I, 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 I'm glad that she got this one and got a nice starring role that, that fits her character um her acting and stuff so yeah i was really happy about this movie i i really liked it i didn't think it was like the best movie in the world this is our second of 2021 yeah um 
and I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, it was, it was a good little, little quick horror movie. Yeah, I mean, it was way better, because I was with you, I kind of just didn't have high hopes, I mean, we didn't really have much to pick from, so that's kind of why we did it, so I thought, this is probably going to be horrible, but it's a good, it is a good little film, like, and Caroline Williams, I think, is a big part of why it's a good film. You know, if someone else played that part, it probably wouldn't feel as good. But, like, she, like, just really sells the role. So, um, yeah, it was it was a surprise for sure. A pleasant one. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to read a letterboxed review? Not really, but I guess I will. Um, I guess... I'm going to read Dustin Baker's because Caroline Williams actually shared his review on her Instagram, I noticed earlier, so I thought that was cool. Um, He gave it three and a half stars, but it's a pretty favorable review, it seems like. It says, On the outset, this feels like an extended episode of Tales from the Crypt. They're thankfully not... Yeah, not overly extended, with a simple and kind of kitschy premise. The kind that makes for a light and breezy B-movie good for popcorn and smiles. Though amongst the simple genre bullet points, there exists a running theme of inevitability in facing the end of one's life work and life itself. That becomes unexpectedly poignant. Poignant. I'm done. As it moves through the stages of acceptance, ranging from denial to eventually a mature, thoughtful peacefulness, creating something far more touching than I expected, Caroline Williams, one of the best performers performers to be resurrected in the wave of indie genre flicks of the last 10 years, turns in maybe her best work, her personality and dominance over a room, turning in this into a career highlight. Stop using big words. Okay. And then I shall read this guy's review, which is only a two-star review. It says, Another night... Oh, his name is Wraith Ape. Let's let's look at Wraith Ape. Stupid name. What does Wraith Ape like? This is films. I am confused. I am on... I don't know what I'm doing, buddy. What are you doing? I'm on my laptop, and I don't... It's different looking. I give up. His name is Wraith Ape, though, and I'm going to read his review. Another night, another 80s throwback. We're well past the point of saying enough now, but the pink and purple-hued reference-packed homages just keep on coming. The only thing that really... Honestly, I didn't really even think of it as an 80s throwback. Is it set in the 80s? I didn't think that either. I thought... Maybe... I I don't know. No, it's not set in the 80s, I don't think. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I think he's dumb. But he says, homages just keep on coming. The only thing that really sets us apart is the casting of Caroline Williams, a radio DJ, Amy Marlowe, on her last night of helming the midnight shift, essentially reprising her role of stretch from TCM2. Williams does a good job, too. Okay, but here's the thing. Let me just correct people on that. She's actually not. She's not reprising. It's a completely different character. It doesn't even feel the same. It just, yes. there's that similarity there, so you, it's under... Obviously, it's the same it job. Feels, like, it feels right, but mm-hmm. it, she's playing a different character. Like, give her credit. She's not just playing Stretch again. You know what I mean? I would say more so in Hatchet 
three, she was playing more of a stretch. But yeah, th- she's a completely different character in this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Williams does a good job too, and is really the only thing keeping this threadbare story of vampirism in a lockdown radio station afloat. Her charismatic presence makes it passably entertaining for a while before it derails at the start of the final act and literally loses the plot. I was checking the clock frequently by the end to see whether we got to midnight yet. Corny. Not funny. Um, so yes, that guy sucks. That guy sucks. And that is his review. But um, Okay, so let's go into our ratings. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed this movie. I think that it is a little bit I could see a lot of people not really caring for, like, the weird narrative of it. Like, sort of the unexplained, freaky, weirdo, acid-like narrative. But I kind of enjoyed that. And honestly, like, I really enjoyed the... I really enjoyed the Caroline Williams performance and her as a lead. And um, even at the, the very um last call that she takes when she's talking to that person oh yeah just it just really worked for me i was like wow this is this has got some great dialogue in this film for being Mm -hmm. this small little thing uh so yeah i was i was very pleased with the dialogue and stuff like that so yeah um really like that i'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven out of ten all right all right um Yeah, I was surprised by this film. Again, I thought I didn't really expect much from it. Uh, I think it's a short movie. It gets to the point. Um, The narrative does throw me off a little bit more personally than you. Um, But I do like Caroline Williams. I think she gives a great performance. And uh, I think all the other performances are pretty solid as well in the movie. Um, I like the whole aesthetic and look of the film. So... uh, I'm just a little bit lower than you. I gave it a six and a half out of ten. All right, sounds good. Um, so, I guess that's gonna wrap up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we will be back next week to cover the brand new Wrong Turn film titled Wrong Turn. Now. I was pretty excited to check this one out. There have been some reviews that came out. I didn't read the reviews. I just looked at their ratings. And maybe a little bit less than stellar performance. Uh, I I don't know if I'm going to like the territory in which they're going. Um, oh, no. Based on what I've seen. I try to go in pretty blank on these movies. But I was definitely more excited before the reviews started coming out. But... I- I didn't look at any of them, but now I'm sad. But if there's one thing that I consistently have happen is that I disagree with the mainstream critics out there. So maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. It's a two hour and four minute film. So a little longer than than you would expect for a wrong turn. But yeah, if anything, this one looks like it has a budget. So we'll, we'll, we'll have that. Two owl hairs. And four mints. No! <laughs> I'm not going. You could go alone. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm going to go take a quick little nizzle. And no, then... you're not! 
Dude, we have like. Y- 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 you have to be at the door waiting for me. Okay, uh, quick little nizzle. That no! No nizzle! Clothes. Some what? Clothes? Are you naked? No. Wait. Wait. <laughs> what? Alright, so we will see you guys next time. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, peace out. Bye.